We've got some hey, fresh new I'm Luis. And I'm Luis. And you're listening to the Content is Profit podcast. And we spent the last four years learning the strategies and techniques from some of the top marketers in the world on how to create content that turns into profit. If you'd like to learn how to turn that content into profit, just go to contentsprofit.com. Go, do it now. There's a surprise in there for you. Oh, yeah, go right now. And today, we have an awesome guest, awesome topic, how essential is copywriting to content creation. Ooh, baby. I want to learn. I want to learn more. I know that I you've know. been like addicted to this topic lately and I'm like, do not add anything else on my plate. So but you, can, the, you can take it. So people have some context. Yes, I've been very into writing lately. I, I, I That is a skill that I want to develop that I think everybody should develop honestly yes. it is such a powerful skill yeah. and now if you have if you add the principles of copywriting behind just Ooh. not writing oh man i think okay. this is gonna be amazing well, well, so, yeah, yeah. this is gonna be so good but before that fancy do you have a sponsor today indeed we do thank you for asking yeah. good sir you're welcome today's sponsor is your own and the biz bros yes we're sponsoring our own episodes with content momentum And you might be asking yourself, what is content momentum? Well, if you produce long-form content just like this one that you're listening to or watching and you don't have a content team and you don't want to spend your time and efforts trying to create more content out of that long-form piece of content, then guess what? We are here to serve you. We That's want to tame that. Right. We want to turn that long-form piece of content into value-packed, bite-sized assets. So then you can send them like little minions to the interwebs so they can get you new clients. Ah, Now, if you're interested, so if so you good. are raising your hand and screaming, me, 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 I want the biz bros in my team. Well, we want to help you out. So slide into the DMs at Biz Bros Co. on Facebook and Instagram. I hope to see you there. That's right. While you're doing that, go ahead and subscribe too. Hit smash that subscribe button because these episodes drop on your phone every Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. We learn all these amazing secrets and tactics and principles from amazing guests just like the one today. And we want you to take notes and implement so you can create that momentum. It's going to be so, so good. And remember, while you do that, also follow us on social media at BaseRusco so you get all the golden boulders, little bite-sized info packs assets <laughs> let's go that is right up please the one thing we are gonna ask today from you is if you find value in today's episodes in today's message from our guest and you believe this can help somebody else to take him one step closer towards their goal please please share that share this with them and don't forget to leave a five-star review Thank you. Welcome. Another Monday. Another great guest at Content is Profit. Today, we have someone with a profile that we don't usually interview, a copywriter. Trust me when I say you want to pay attention. Oh, yeah. Throughout our entrepreneurial journey, we have learned the importance of copywriting and how it goes beyond pretty words. Today's guest is the creme de la creme when it comes to helping moms get started with freelancing writing. Check this out. She has helped over 250 women start earning money as freelance writers in 2020 during COVID. Oh, yeah. That's not all, though. She has written copy for multiple seven-figure funnels, but her most epic Achievement is probably the fact that she is a mom of five humans, which, according to her, are still speaking to her. She has her own 
basketball team, guys. There's parenting goals right there. Please welcome successful freelance mom and master ink slinger, Abby Parrots. <laughs> welcome, Abby. Wow. Kids are all speaking to me, but my my middle son may not be speaking to me at the moment. He's very angry. We'll, <laughs> we'll move past it. He's 17 and they turn on a dime. So there you go. <laughs> hey, it's okay. We were all 17 once. We know how it is, you know. Yeah. We, we live on our feelings, so it's okay. <laughs> uh, you still live on your feelings that you're not 17. But anyways, I mean, don't worry. We'll send him a lot of virtual hugs from our side. We thank you so much for being here with us. I know we have a time change. Where are you joining us from today? I am. I live in Israel, and it is seven hours ahead of Eastern time, so it is seven fifteen p.m. here. Yes, wow, sounds good. This is yeah. so exciting. I, I love the possibility that we can have conversations with amazing entrepreneurs, amazing people, creating this incredible change all around the world because of these. The, the, the connection that we have. So, Abby, why don't you share a little bit of your story? You know, we had this call a few weeks back and, and uh, you know, you were this behind the scenes person, right? And then you the, you have like, but like the behind the scenes, but like fuel person to a business. And then you have this like need, you're like, I need to help more people, right? And, and this is where it comes in and you're creating this incredible impact with amazing women today. What, what, like, how did that start? How did your business start? Yeah, well, okay, so it kind of took a pretty circuitous path. Um, when I had my first baby 21 years ago, um, I didn't, I was working at the time in a small marketing agency and I didn't want to go back to work in an office. I wanted to be at home with my baby and, you know, spend time just watching her like open and close her hand and be like, wow, I have fingers, right? Like that was so cool. And I didn't want to do anything else. Yeah. So I decided I would be a freelance writer. I had no idea what that meant, what I was going to do, how I was going to get paid. But I figured I am intelligent. I can figure this out. And, and that's what I started doing. I, back in the day, before we had Google, we had AltaVista, which was not a great search engine. <laughs> wow, and, uh, yeah. I so. remember AltaVista. <laughs> Do you remember AltaVista, Fuzzy? I, I, I don't think I remember AltaVista. Wow, yeah, initial yeah, computer classes. Um, so, <laughs> so I went to the local public library and checked out a whole bunch of books on starting a freelance writing business, and I read them all. And I checked out a whole bunch of books on copywriting and I read pretty much everything there was to read like old school style, like learning about copywriting from, um, you know, from the old masters, from anyone who print ads, Madison Avenue, all that kind of Mad Men stuff. I read everything about yeah. that back in the day because there weren't online courses to just take you step by step and show you the path. So I put together my own education through that. Um, and over the years, I had a bunch more children and I needed the flexibility that came with freelancing. Um, and I, so I kept it up. I kept, you know, just kind of growing and, and learning more on my own. And whenever a client would say to me, can you do this? I'd be like, absolutely, I can do that. And then I would like go to my network and be like, who can teach me how to do this? Where can I find a book about this? How can I learn this? And I would learn it and do the thing. Um, and I made pretty consistent income, but it was around, you know, like $4,000 a month. I wasn't working full time yeah. uh, because I had all these kids and I was doing things and I was pretty happy. And in 2013, my kids were all finally in like full day programs. I was starting to think about doing something bigger, taking on more hours. 
Um, and I want to say too, to this point, I hadn't really thought of myself as a business owner, certainly yeah. not an entrepreneur. I was very clearly in the camp of freelance writer. Yeah. Um, and so at that point I was ready, you know, to take on bigger projects, do work more hours, have more of a steady schedule. And right then is when my middle son, the one who is mad at me right now, um, got sick. Um, and literally, like, on a on a Thursday, he came home from school with bruises on his legs and arms, and we couldn't figure out where they came from. Took him to a doctor. Friday morning, Thursday night already. Thursday night, we were in the hospital in the emergency room, and they were like, do you want some tea? And I was like, something is very wrong if they're offering us tea in the emergency room. Wow. Um, and by Friday morning, they told us, your son has cancer. Your son has leukemia. Um, and so we started this whole crazy two-year journey where, I mean, and I called all my clients. By Monday, I had called all of my clients and told them I'm out. Like, I'm, I'm returning deposit checks. I'm handing off materials to people. I can't work. I got to take care of my kid. Yeah. So I did that for a couple of years and that sucked. Um, and, and then in like 2016, um, they told us, you know, he's better now he can go home and you can go home and you can live your life normally. And it's kind of like when you have a baby and you spend all this time, at least when you're the woman, like people are like, you're pregnant and you're, you should know 9 million things about being pregnant and you should know 9 million things about giving birth. And then they hand you a baby and they're like, here, take it home and try to keep it alive. Right. So yeah. it was kind of like that at the end of cancer treatment. They're like, here, your kid's better. Take him home now. And I was like, I'm sorry. What? What you want me to, you want me to just take him home? What? Yeah. So that was a little weird. And I was in this really dark, dark, dark place. And I did not have the patience or like the headspace to go back to client work right away. There was no way that I could do it. Yeah. Now, at the same time, I was in this Facebook group for moms of kids with cancer. And at the time, I, you know, I was, I, I'm fortunate in Israel, we have universal health care. So my son's cancer treatment was all covered. Yeah. The U.S., does not have the greatest healthcare system in the world. Let's just nope. put it that way, we, right? Yeah, <laughs> so, we agree. So a lot of people in this Facebook group were talking about, you know, I can't, I can't keep the lights on. Like I can't keep groceries in the fridge because having a kid with cancer is not at all compatible with keeping a normal job. You can't keep a regular schedule. Your kid is in the hospital. Your kid is having tests. There's no, like you can't, they can't be on their own. So I started very informally teaching some of these women, hey, you could do some freelancing and make some money. Mm. And it was literally just me and my personal email address, like sending out email once a week, like, here, try these things and then do this and tell me what happens. And they started writing back and saying things like, oh, my God, I made five hundred dollars and we bought groceries, you know, Um, and and that was kind of amazing. Um, And when I was in this very, you know, dark place where I didn't want to, it was the first time in my life that I understood how people can be sad enough to kill themselves. You know, like you just, you just don't have enough energy to get out of bed and to keep, you don't want to keep being alive. Um, And this was something that pulled me out of that and like gave me a reason to get up in the morning because I was doing something outside of myself. I was helping other people. There were people who were counting on me um, and that was kind of amazing. And so from that horrible, dark place was born one of the coolest things in my life. Um, Successful Freelance Mom was born out of that. And since 2017, I've been 
helping other, mostly women, mostly moms, a um, couple of really good guys in there too, but mostly women, mostly moms, um, break into freelance writing and then build and scale successful freelance writing businesses. Along the way, I rediscovered my own passion for copywriting. Um, as I was creating email sequences and sales pages to market my own programs, I was like, oh, I love this. Yeah. And I started offering that as a service to other online course creators and so that's, you know, so those are the two things that I do now. I teach moms how to get started and yeah. grow and scale their businesses on the client side. I serve a small number of clients with, um, with amazing email sequences to help them scale sales. So. Wow. Well, Abby, thank you so much for, for sharing the story and, and all your adventures and, you know, what happened with your oh, family. Yeah. <laughs> I know that, mm -hmm. that might not be a very easy thing to share so i appreciate you being so vulnerable and sharing it with us because uh it, it brings a lot of perspective right uh we're on our day-to-day -day, we might be there might be some people or even us right listening today that might not see that on our day-to-day -day, right or their perspective right we come from venezuela third world country sure. we've shared this story uh many times but we've we've lived some through some things and i'm sure everybody listening have lived through those things as well And uh, we appreciate you sharing that because maybe we can put ourselves in the, in those shoes and be like, wow, like, let's be thankful for what we have today. Like, look at, you know, maybe bring you in as an example to follow and <laughs> your relentlessness and the fact that you you took home in this community and then you started to serve. That was the first thing that you did. You served, you helped, and then that mm -hmm. brought you back so much more. So it's incredible. So thank you so much for, for sharing all Absolutely. of that. Yeah, definitely. Thank you, Abby. Thank you for sharing your story. And something that stood out to me, uh, I mean, besides the whole story, <laughs> was <laughs> the fact that you found found this purpose in that dark time, right? And yeah. I'm sure it wasn't like you found the purpose and then everything was okay, right? Like um, people have their ups and downs, uh, even when they have clear goals, like when they have some sort of clarity. Um, I would say is maybe easier or at least you know the path right but there's always up, ups and downs so how do you keep you know yourself aligned with that purpose once you found it right because i just want to bring this to light in case somebody else finds herself right now in a difficult situation especially with everything that has happened um that yeah. you know maybe they have a goal that they want to achieve but they have found themselves maybe not being as consistent as they would want to. Sure, yeah. So a couple of things come to mind. One is last year, in the very beginning of 2020, very, very beginning, like January, I wanted to launch a new program. And I wanted to launch a new program to a new audience. I wanted to launch a really intense email course, like really digging in on the copywriting and on the emotion that goes into email and all of that. But I wanted to do it. My my core audience, of course, is these moms who want to get into freelance writing. And I wanted to launch this other thing to an audience of business owners who weren't necessarily women, weren't necessarily moms, and not my normal audience. Well, let me tell you, I launched it and zero people bought it. Okay, so zero. Okay, um, and so that was really hard. And then, and I had started off 2020 with a goal to bring in $300,000, which was going to be double what I had done the previous year. So that was January, zero. And then um, February, there was something that I was 
thinking about doing and then I didn't do. I don't remember all the details. And then March came and that was March. Um, and I was like, well, that's it. I'm not going to hit my goals this year. And I had a conversation. Now, when COVID hit, again, I lead a community of now it's like 4,000 women in my Facebook group, right? Wow. So, um, so when COVID hit and things started going crazy and nobody knows what's happening, um, I started going live in my Facebook group kind of daily as much as I could just to say, Hey, I'm here, you know, talk to me about what you guys are feeling and thinking and whatever. Um, and bringing in friends of mine, any friends I could find who might have something good to share. So I brought in a a, a very good friend of mine who, um, helps process, um, the effect of trauma on the body. She, she deals in somatic healing. Um, and I really wanted her to come and talk about like how, you know, how to take care of your body, your physical body during all this craziness. Yeah. And right before we went live, she and I were just talking a little bit. And I said to her, yeah, you know, I thought I was going to make $300,000. That's clearly not going to happen. And she said to me, she said to me, Abby, I think we can all still hit our goals this year, but the path is going to look completely different to what we imagine. Yeah. And I loved that so much. And I told everyone about it all year long. And that's exactly what happened. The path to $300,000 looked completely different to anything I could have imagined back in January. Yeah. But I got there and I beat that number in the end. Um, yes. And, and so that's one thing. Like, <laughs> that's one thing I love, um, you know, that, that concept of, we don't know what the path is going to look like, yeah. but we can still keep moving forward. So yeah. that's one thing. The other thing that I would say is when you're feeling overwhelmed, and again, I work with moms and who knows overwhelm better than a mom and where has the brunt of, of the burden fallen during COVID it's on moms. How many moms have lost their jobs and have been forced out of the workplace during COVID how, how many women are really, really struggling right now. And when you are in that place and everything feels overwhelming, the worst thing you can do to yourself is start beating yourself up. Well, I'm not being consistent in pitching 60 new clients a day because you're setting an insane goal. Stop saying you're going to pitch 60 new clients every day and focus on pitching one new client every yes. day. Because if you can be consistent with one small thing every single day, that's going to be a lot at the end of the month, at the end of the, you know, the quarter, at the end of the year, that's going to make a huge difference. Whereas if you say, well, I'm going to, you know, hit this huge goal every day. And then the first day you don't do it. And then the next day you're like, well, I'll just do twice as much. It's like when you, when you put off that term in college, you're right. I'm going to write one paper, one page every day. Okay. I'm going to write two pages today. Okay. I'm going to write all 15 pages in the next hour and a half. Like it's yeah. not, you're not going to do it. It's not going to go well. Not so. happening. Yeah. You just adding pressure and pressure yeah. and pressure. Um, you know, life, a scenario of that, like a prime scenario of what you just mentioned is we had a presentation last weekend at the pot, at an event called Podfest. And we knew this from like a month ago. And I was responsible for writing the presentation. Guess what? The night before, I ended up going to bed at 4 a.m. in the morning, finishing the presentation, right? Instead of having those goals of let me work on it a little bit every single day for that month leading to the presentation. So I put all that stress on me and all that pressure. And usually when I got all that pressure, I get a pimple like in the middle of my forehead. So that that, that entire week I had a a pimple in in the middle of my forehead. So I come in and my brother's like, what's happening in your life? Like he already knows when I get the pimple in the forehead, right? So, but, but yeah, what you mentioned is so, so important to 
be clear in our goals. But first understand that the path is unknown. Like we don't know the path, but we know the immediate challenge that we have yeah. and we can set up small but actionable steps that we can actually accomplish so we don't get overwhelmed. That is so important. Yeah, I, I love, Abby, how you do the breakdown too. I'm, first of all, congrats on the amazing community that you have too. And they're being so responsive, oh, wow. giving you feedback, and I'm sure like they're getting incredible value. So if you're listening right now and you want to be part of that community, we're going to leave all the links right in the description. All you got to do is go there and click it and, and be a part of that. But I, I can relate, right, because uh, we were talking to our coach this morning, right, and uh, we're, we're – Last week, we felt like we hit a ceiling, right? Not not a ceiling, mm -hmm. like on, but on anxiety operations, like what's next, right? For the last year, it's been like a very clear path. But last week, at least personally to me, it was like, man, like I, I feel like we're not in that path anymore. Like what's happening, right? Like mm -hmm. do we need to reassess? Like what are the conversations that we need to have, right? So this morning, that that's why we were chatting with, the, with our coach and we we're like, okay, let's reset like what are what are your personal objectives what is the business objective what is like let's get really specific right to yeah. make sure that we do that right because sometimes as business owners or operators in the business right we, we're like maybe in it right too much and then we have to like go out and separate ourselves a little bit and reassess okay where are we right are we okay and then going back to reverse engineer those goals like you said instead of 60 calls why don't we work on the first one right so so and then put them in your calendar put it booked it in to it like okay what is my step is it okay is it cold calling is it prospecting what is it right like are we what's that what's that look like for you and that diminishes the anxiety big time as soon as we jumped off that call i was like ah oh, i feel so much lighter right uh right. emotionally lighter it's so, so good and and just that that inner peace so incredible that you guys are working with that on 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 your process as well to be, be able to do that now i'm very curious because we had a we had a transition from freelancer to business owner right and that for us was yeah. like very huh, marked it was like right there so I would love for you to explain to us a little bit of the challenges that that you encounter from transitioning from freelancer to a business owner, and if somebody is in that position, what should they expect? What can they do to kind of continue with the momentum and uh, don't crash against the first wall that they might see? Because we crash against like yeah. five different walls. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I totally understand that. So it's really funny because if I look back, I'm on record. Like I'm actually out there on podcasts from, you know, like from 2017, 2018 saying things like, well, I don't want to have a six figure business. That's too much responsibility. And now it's like, well, who was that girl? Like what, what was she talking about? Um, I, I think that was a big thing. Like it really scared me to even do something like take on a VA because I'm suddenly responsible for a portion yeah. of someone else's income. And that just felt like an enormous responsibility. I'm already trying to keep these five alive and like maintain <laughs> a marriage and like all of those things. Like there's a lot going on and all yeah. of this extra responsibility felt really heavy and, and um, just, it, it was scary. So I think that acknowledging that number one is really important that there is a difference between being a freelancer. Um, for me right now, I think a big um, challenge this year is is going from like being a business owner to being the CEO of a company. That's a shift mm -hmm. that I'm looking to make this year as I scale towards seven figures. Um, and, and that's, you know, that's all like, it's you, there's new, 
there's always going to be a challenge. Imposter syndrome doesn't ever go away. Yep. Um, it's you're never going to you're never going to like wake up one morning and be like, well, that's I've done all the growth I need to do. You know, I'm mm-hmm. done growing now. Like it doesn't work like that. It's we, yeah. it's a constant process. It's a constant willingness to work on yourself. I think that I think for uh, the big thing is when you transition from freelancer to business owner, there's going to be a lot more personal development involved. I think that as a freelancer, you don't necessarily have to do all of that digging and and knowing (laughs) yourself. I mean, sure, it's going to help you. Absolutely. But you don't have to do that. If you want to be a successful business owner, you absolutely like that's not an optional thing. That's a yeah. thing that you absolutely must willing to do or you cannot be successful. Yeah. Do, do, so, you, do you remember? Um, yeah. And thank you. Do you remember like a, your first like personal development story? Because <laughs> I'm uh, as you're explaining this, I'm going back. I'm like, when was like the first time that I actually was conscious that this is something that I need to do on a regular basis? Right. Because uh, you mentioned that like it's not that we stop growing. No, like we had to accept that that's going to be a process that's coming forever. Right. Like we got to continue to do that. Uh, and to me, that was uh, that was re- really challenging to understand at first right it's like oh right you get to this point you're like but i don't want to spend them what and then i don't want to but i did that last week (laughs) i know and uh, and uh, it was really helpful right to make peace with that and be like it's just gonna make me a better person you know i'm gonna grow in very different in different ways do you remember when that happened to you really good question um uh, so even even before I was a business owner, when I was just a real, I've always been a reader, right? Because I'm a writer, so I love reading, I love words, I love books. Um, and so I read Carol Dweck's mindset way before it was like popular, way yeah. before you know people had podcasts about it. So um, all of those books, I've I love them. That's the stuff that I read for fun because I'm a really exciting person. Um, and so. When I started teaching my own students about mindset, I think that was like a a little bit of a, oh, I'm going to like, this isn't going to end. Like, I'm going to have to keep doing this stuff. (laughs) Um, But for, but, but honestly, I think this, this past year, 2020 was a big breakthrough for me too. Um, I, I probably invested $30,000 in mindset coaching for myself, like, I felt like I had the business stuff under control. I knew what I was doing there. Um, I felt like, okay, I've, I, you know, I know how to get clients. I know how to get students. I know how to do the, the, these technical things, but I don't feel, um, I don't always feel at home in my, in my body. And I don't always feel like, like I had major money mindset things that you come up against um, when when a woman starts making more than her husband, like that's, you know, there's stuff that comes up. Like my husband's awesome. And he's like, please go do your thing. <laughs> um, that's amazing. But still yeah. like it, it changes the dynamic in a relationship. It brought up a lot of feelings for me. Um, so I, I spent, I spent a lot of money exploring that. I spent a lot of time with amazing coaches who helped me work on that. And I think that for me, like that was oh yeah, I'm actually not ever going to finish working with coaches specifically. Like I'm, there's always going to be someone who I'm looking to, to help someone I can pay to listen to me. Um, so, um, you know, someone who will will help me like dig at the stuff that I'm trying to push down. So, yeah. yeah. I I love it. I think there's a clear path that, that I've noticed 
for entrepreneurs, right? That when they start um, maybe as freelancers, they look for courses and the resources that they look are like YouTube videos and all the stuff mm -hmm. that, yes, they can be extremely helpful and they can take you from A to B, but then you don't do it at the speed that you want to. So right. then you start seeking for other alternatives, which is, okay, well, maybe a group coaching is, is, is better for me, right? And they start going there and they see the value of putting themselves in an environment of success, right? The, they see mm -hmm. the, the value of proximity, the power of proximity, and that they are um, becoming successful at a faster pace than before. And then they might go, right. wow, what if I perform part of a mastermind or one-on-one -on -one coaching? Yeah. And then you realize that that is the fastest way to learn and you don't want to go back ever again to courses exactly. and, and that YouTube videos. That is pretty videos. much exactly the trajectory. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah. the, the, I, I, and I'll throw the ball back to you, Fonsi, in a second, but I want to share a story. The other day I was on the phone with my dad, right? I, and I, we adore our dad. I, I feel like we need to bring him to the show at some point because we've shared so many stories <laughs> of him. But... He, I'm driving back home and he's like, hey, how are you guys doing? And we tell him the, the you know, the, um, the business side of things and the, the things with the team, right? And he's like, oh, that's so cool. And then he goes, like, hey, by the way, I sent you an email. And every time he says that, like, we cringe. We're like, oh, my God, because they're like seven pages, you know, and it's like all fully detailed, right? And he's like, I sent you an yeah. email. He, he, he writes an email to send us a Word document with what he wants to say. <laughs> yes, yes. Very, yeah that so on that word document you know he goes and he shares this link of of somebody at, at, at a, a couple that coaches we, we're not familiar with them right and uh and he goes like you guys should buy their course and i'm like well thank you but why like why should we buy the course right and then he goes into this long explanation of things that he thought that we they were happening here so i'm like hey dad let me tell you, we're not there, right? Like we're not, I'm not going to invest one cent in, a, in another course, at least today, because I need the proximity side of things. I need fast. I need the commitment. Like if I'm making this investment, it means that I need to be paying attention. If I, if I purchase that course mm -hmm. and there, there's not, I don't have that pressure. I'm not going to execute. I learned that about myself, right? I've invested in so many and they just sit there, right? And it was mm -hmm. it was very interesting because his mindset was very different, right? Because, I mean, we grew up in Venezuela, a different country, right? And, and for him, that was like, but why? Why would you pay so much more money to be like there? Like, and, and it was a crash, right? It was, and, I'm, and I'm trying to explain to him like, hey, I learned We've invested in so many of these, but the second we started investing a little bit more money, not a little bit more money, like a lot more money, like especially like when we invested with with Steve and Offer Live last year, right? That was the first big investment that we made. And uh, recently with another mastermind and a couple of coaches, right? It's like, oh my gosh, people are like, why? But guess what? That puts us in a position that we need to pay attention and execute. And then proximity is massive because then the network expands and then you meet amazing yeah. people and then it just repays itself, right? So yeah, yeah sorry, Absolutely. super big parenthesis isn't there. It's <laughs> so cool too, like when you look back at yourself and you're like, I remember when spending $9.97 on a course was like, I had to think about it for a couple of days. I wanted to email the creator. And now I'm like, 15 grand? Absolutely. Here, let me wire you. We, like, re just <laughs> we, we remember when $100 for an event was uh, like, it was literally, Abby, I'm not lying to you. It was a four-hour discussion from Miami to Jacksonville, yeah. where we live, if we should expend that money to go to the first event ever that we went li live. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. it, it, it was... <laughs> There were a lot of mental issues that needed to be 
worked out, right? And I think that that's important. I think it's. Yeah. I think that's a part of the process. I think that. Um, I mean, I see a lot of people who, you know, the. Um, like people who will just buy any course that's out in front of them. And they, and like you said, you know, you don't do things with them. And that to me is always a shame. Like the saddest thing to me is if somebody enrolls in my program and doesn't do anything and you can see on the back end, like they haven't logged in and they haven't watched the videos. And I'm like, yeah, why? Like, yeah. it's such a good course. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and look, for, for, absolutely. And, and look, for those listening and watching right now, like if you're in that position, I, I just want to clarify that we're not against that position because we were in that position too. Mm -hmm. the, the thing that separates you is execute, right? If, if the possibility that you, that you have is to purchase a course like that because maybe there's something else like monetary-wise is completely impossible to invest in the, in the high end, right? which for us was about four years, right? Go out and invest in something that you really believe in, but pay attention, like see the videos, like implement, ask questions, be part of the community, be involved, because guess what? That action is gonna lead to results and then those results you can reinvest back in, right? And and that's what we noticed, for example, with a couple of challenges that we joined, the ones that we're involved in every single day, right? that we were there watching, consuming, executing, we got, we saw those results and immediately we re reinvested in continuous education, yes. right? And then you can continue to move to a place where then you can freely invest in those coaches that, you know, Abby, that you're saying, or the ones that we're t telling you about as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so, mm -hmm. so No, absolutely. Absolutely. You can do a lot with even a $37 product. It's, you can do a lot with people's free content. It really is a matter of implementation. It, it's, you know, it's not just, it's not just consuming content it's really implementing it it's really taking action on it yeah so, absolutely yeah. you know i'm going off of the topic of, of growth like the reason why i brought that kind of like sequence of learning is because mm -hmm. of how fast you can put yourself in a position of growth right at the end of the day like you said it's all about taking action but now we understand the fastest way to grow is to put yourself, you know, as close as you can to the source of that information. So you're yeah. talking about all these doubts that you, uh, not doubts, but all these questions that, that started coming into your life um, after you reach a certain point, right? Because you, you reach now um, new territory, that unexplored territory yeah. in your life that, of course, comes with a bunch of questions. And now how do I get those questions fast? Let me invest in someone that already has those answers, right? And they're going to help me decipher it quicker. quicker. Now, I, do, I think this is a really cool point for transitioning into some more of copywriting because we have been talking about, you know, false beliefs and, and questions that we have in our mind and all these challenges that might be presented to us when we want to make a decision towards something, right? Whether that is buying a course, uh, buying coaching, buying one-on-one, -on -one, and copywriting can help people bridge that gap, right? Like you are helping them solve the questions in their minds and their doubts so they can take an action forward towards something that is going to be beneficial yeah. for them, right? Of course, yes. I don't want to convince someone to buy yeah. my course if they're not going to benefit from it. First of all, I don't want to convince anybody, I just want Correct. them to be sure that they're making the right decision when they're investing with their team, right? And I'm sure it's the same with you. So can you guide us a little bit um, about the principles of copywriting yes. um, when it comes to, you know, helping others? 
Yeah, absolutely. So um, you said a couple of really important things. One, um, the principles of copywriting when it comes to helping others. So I've built my own business on really two core principles. Um, maybe even we could say two and a half. Okay, so number <laughs> one is don't lie, right? Like tell the truth, right? Um, and and the number two is treat people the way you want to be treated, mm. meaning don't send an email you wouldn't want to have in your own inbox. Don't write a sales page that you wouldn't want to confront on the internet. Um, and then the half, I would say, is something that I tell my students um, all the time is building a successful business is about helping people. Okay. Yep. So if we start from those things and really don't lie is a big one. And, and don't lie means don't say the webinar is live if it's recorded. Don't say the sale is two days if the product is always on sale. Mm -hmm. Don't say that your thing does X, Y, Z if it doesn't. Like, don't lie ever because the moment you do, you're going to break trust. And once you've lost trust, yeah. go ahead, try to get it back. Good luck. Yep. Um, so, so we start from there. So personally, um, I only work with clients when I believe in what they're selling. I won't take on a client... <laughs> I like so my own personal biases. I won't um, I won't help somebody who says they're going to cure cancer with you know orange juice um, because chemotherapy saved my son. So yeah. no, um, you know I, I don't take jobs from big tobacco, right? Um, and and this was true even when I even when I was a freelancer. Um, I was offered a contract once with a large company, but the work that I saw them doing that went like. They were like anti-breastfeeding. They were very pro-formula because they happen to sell formula for babies. And I have no issue with formula, but I didn't like their anti-breastfeeding stance. Like it really yeah. turned me. So I was like, no. Yeah. And my husband was like, that's so much money. And I was like, I'm not writing it. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, so... And, and today I'm, I'm very fortunate because I can really hand pick my clients. So it's only when somebody tells me, you know, what is the transformation you provide? And I'm listening and I'm like, yes, I am 100% on board with this. Absolutely. Yeah. Like this is going to change lives and have an impact. Then I can get on board. And then you said, you mentioned something else um, about, you know, being like the, the specific and the personal feelings that we have. And I think that that's a really important key to effective copywriting the specificity of a story is what allows us to see ourselves in that story. And that mm. sounds counterintuitive because people are like, well, if I tell my very, very personal and specific story, nobody else will be able to relate to that. And okay, again, I'm going to date myself here, but um, one of the examples that I like to give, there's a book and a movie, The Joy Luck Club by Amy Tan. Mm. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but mm. it's a, it's kind of a girly book and movie <laughs> and it's about... Um, Chinese American women and their mothers. So Chinese mothers who then came to America and had daughters and the daughters are now grown. So it's about these very specific relationships um, and it's set in San Francisco and it's these very specific, you know, Chinese American relationships, second generation and um, like yeah. all of this stuff that's going on. But the specificity of that story and the food and the relationships and the things that they say and the way that they talk, that's where everybody can read it and say, oh my God, my aunt does exactly that. Oh my God, I remember when my grandmother, like you can pull out the things that really do apply to you. Yeah. So it's the same thing in copywriting. Just today, I had an email in my inbox um, from somebody pitching me something 
And, you know, we kind of gently turned her down. And then she posted in a group, you know, I pitched something. It didn't go the way I wanted, but my pitch was very specific. So I don't know if I should post it here for feedback. And I said, it's not like you should, because I know you think it's very, but like, that's what everybody else is doing too. Like, you know, we all think, we all think we're unique and special and we are, but we're also not like yeah. we are unique and special, but our problems are not, let's say like we yeah. all have the same problems and issues, you know, we're all like, we're not sleeping well when we have toddlers and we, <laughs> we don't like it when we're using StreamYard instead of zoom because there's no make me look better filter on the screen, <laughs> right? <laughs> no worries. Uh, no, no. Editor, please take note. No, I'm <laughs> you look incredible, you know I mean, Abby. You look incredible. You rely heavily on that Zoom filter. <laughs> you, don't, you don't have to worry about that. You look incredible. <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, so, no, but like, you know, we all have, the, we think that we're unique and special yeah, and yeah. we're really, we're just not. Um, and so writing about those unique and specific things is what allows other people to see themselves in that writing. So the more specific you can get when you're telling, you know, when you're, when, when you're setting the stage, um, don't just say like, I know you're thinking about enrolling in this course, really set the stage for them. Like oh. it's oh. late at night. Everyone else is asleep. Only in your house is blue glow your laptop. And you're clicking back and forth between the sales page and your bank balance and you're biting your lip and you're wondering, can I really swing this? What's going to happen? If I make this investment, what happens in two weeks if I don't like start earning money right away? Like get into those fears and those, and my, my husband's sleeping next to me. Is he going to be angry at me when he wakes up? Does this mean that my kid can't go to Girl Scouts? Like what? Get into that stuff. Dig in on it because that's what everybody is you know, like there's a person on the other end of that screen on that email and, yeah. and that's what they're thinking and feeling. And when you, when you get specific like that, that's when people read email and go, oh my, are you, are you in my house right now? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I love that. Right. And something I came across recently was the fact of using your inner monologue, right? Like actually mm -hmm. writing down what is happening in your mind, because like you said, Yes, we we are all unique and happy creatures. Yes, but at the same time, we are not that unique. And we have the same issues. And sometimes we're actually having the same inner thoughts or very similar inner thoughts. So the situation that you're describing right now, like, oh, what is my husband going to think about this? Right, I'm, I'm laying in bed all worried. I cannot sleep. And I'm pretending to read a novel when maybe I, in, inside of that novel, I actually have a business book. I don't know, whatever, right? Like... Uh, those inner thoughts is what makes you relatable with, with yeah. other people because they're like, wow, that person thinks thinks exactly how I do. They must know exactly. how I feel. And if they manage to cross that bridge, right, close that gap, maybe they'll be able to yes. help me go to the other side. And you call it the inner monologue. And I would say get that inner monologue out in the sense of when I am writing, when I'm drafting, I don't necessarily sit at my desk. I walk around talking to myself um, and I literally, I take my phone and I start recording and I walk around the house talking to myself and my kids are like, oh God, she's doing it again. <laughs> so it has a special benefit there that it will embarrass your teenage children, which woo, win for mom. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> but beyond that, yeah. it's good because, um, you know, I, I'll do it with a recording. 
I use otter.ai, which is machine mm. transcription. So, yeah. you know, it'll give me a real time transcription of what I'm saying. Um, and then I can go back and see, was there something really good in there that I can pull out and expand on and draw out and tease out? I record conversations that I have, you know, on Zoom. Um, I have I record conversations with my students yeah. with their permission, of course. Um, but and then I will play that back and I will listen to the way they talk about things and things that come up again and again in conversation. And this is something that I make my clients do. Um, and at times, you know, they'll have the conversations with their clients. Sometimes I'll tell them I'm going to have the conversation with your people or I'm going to be on that call taking notes and helping you guide that conversation mm. so that we can get what we need. But it's really I mean, it's really about not being afraid, not being afraid to you know talk out loud, um, hear how things sound and to really, really listen to the way your ideal clients are talking about things. Um, the language that they actually use, not the language that you think they use or the language that you wish they used. Um, and, and while we're at it, let's just, let's just ditch that whole ideal client avatar thing mm. because I hate that. Um, and instead let's talk about a real person. So when I, um, when I'm right, like, I don't let my clients talk to me about ideal clients. I'm like, forget ideal. Talk to me about a specific person who you did this transformation for. So tell me about Jamie or tell me about Steven or tell me about Dana, like, but the real person, not like your Google images person who you stuck all over your wall and you know what she drinks at Starbucks. Nobody cares what she drinks <laughs> at Starbucks. What I care about is like when she goes to Starbucks, is she like, I can't really go to Starbucks, but I need to look good. So mm. yes. um, like, that's what I care about. So like, I, I need to know that from an actual person. So like my, I think my biggest tip for anyone who's trying to write more effectively is forget the ideal client avatar, start writing stuff to a real person who you actually know, um, and have spoken to in real life. Mm. And, and that's going to make the writing so much more real and relatable. And, um, and that's really I'm going to say that's a really critical thing. Oh, wow. uh, yeah, that that is a great tip. <laughs> write yeah. to someone real that you already know and you've talked to. That is so key. And yeah. I think we we haven't been able to define it the way that you just did, but we ditched mm -hmm. the avatar sheets and all the stuff a very long <laughs> time ago. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Yes, that, that that is something that I don't know. For example, for us personally, is like content calendars, right? Like we are like, man, like content calendars, like just listen to what the people you're talking to are saying and then create content around that, right? Uh, we have a little battle with content calendars. I, 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 don't, I wouldn't call it a little battle. Like uh, we, we batch content calendars. I'm sorry if you're listening, content calendars don't work. Uh, call us. Um, yeah. Anyway. But yeah, that, I, I love that. So how do you go about digging because you mentioned yeah. and, I, and I, I wrote it here right you record you play and then you distill the information and actually while you were talking about that I remember a while ago we came up with this like theory that mm -hmm. it was we call it the, the whiskey theory which is to make whiskey you gotta distill it multiple times so it has okay. a higher grade of alcohol right 
Well, I feel like ideas are the same. For it to be stronger, you need to distill it multiple times, right? Like these conversations that you're having, you are listening and again and again and again so you can grab the commonalities between all these conversations. So then you, a libel lights up and you're like, okay, this is something that I can write about that is going to resonate with, you know, the ideal customer, the real person that I'm talking to. Yeah on the other side of the screen. So how do you go about distilling those ideas? What what are the questions that we should be asking to the people that we're talking to, to actually find out what are those pains or what are that inner monologue that they're having inside of their head? Right, so I think it's actually less about the questions that you ask and how well you can listen when they're talking. Um, so, you know, like you've got your standard questions, like if I could wave a magic wand and make your problems go away, like what would that look like, right? It doesn't matter how you ask that question and you can ask that question in all kinds of ways. You can ask that question by doing a Facebook Live. You can ask that question by with a little post on Instagram. It's really about listening to the answer that you're getting from people yeah. and not not like not um, taking that answer and molding it into what you want the answer to be. Mm. Um, so with I'll give you an example from my own um, from my own writing recently. My students struggle with getting their first client. And typical advice is, you know, for them to, add value in Facebook groups um, and to be on social media and to build a website and to do these things. And when I listen to them talk and I listen to how impossible all of those things were for them, also let's just not go into that whole adding value in Facebook groups thing because hello, 2013. Um, and so, um, so when, when I started really listening to what they were struggling with, they're like, I just can't get my first client. So for me, writing content that spoke to like growing your business doesn't help them if they can't get their first client. So I had to really dig in and listen to, well, what are the things that you have tried and how has that not worked and why has that not worked and what has happened and how did that make you feel? I mean, it's really like listening to that and, and really hearing that I put together an entire new framework for them just by listening. I gave them a very specific framework that they could then take and use to get that very first client in the door. Um, and, and to me, that, that's the kind of thing that only happens when you're willing to listen and when you're not trying to force your answer. Like yeah. It's like when you're having a conversation at a cocktail party and you're not listening, you're just like waiting for your turn to talk. So stop doing that. Mm. <laughs> like, instead of oh, that, so you know, actually listen to the person and just soak it in, let them talk. And people yeah. will like you way more anyway, because they'll be like, oh my God, you're so understanding. And you'll be like, I didn't actually say anything, but sure. <laughs> I, wow. I, I love it. And you know, I, I would love to expand a little bit on it, right? Like as, as you fulfill, let's say you're a service, right? Like, like we are, right? Like your current customers are still going to bring you those questions and those those issues and those those problems, right? Like for us, for example, is the issue of the distribution, right? How do you distribute high volume content, right? So we're like, okay, let's build a system for that. And we did. And then they can distribute 55 pieces in 20 minutes, right? And it's like, what? Once you remove that, then there's so much more room for opportunity to help, to serve, right? So uh, that's really important is how, is how we listen, right? And especially if you're listening right now and you have a community or if you have a group of people, if you serve a group of people, 
start having those conversations, right? The answer is right in front of us, right? And and at first it might be challenging to to find it and to see it, but I think just this conversation with you, Abby, like shines a light into those conversations that we need to have. And more importantly, listen to those conversations because it's going to give you the ammo that you need to improve. One of the first things that I do with a new client when I'm going to be writing stuff for them, um, I have them put me in their Facebook group so that so that I can spy, basically, so <laughs> that I can listen to conversations. Yeah. I'm not interested in posting anything. I'm really, I'm reading through what are the questions that are being asked? Are they being answered? Like when they're asking questions, is my client doing her job correctly and answering those questions? What's happening there? But what are the questions yeah. that are being asked again and again? What are the real struggles? Because sometimes we're so, you know, in the weeds in our business that we kind of miss what's right in front of us, right? And you need that outside person to come in and say, oh, actually, if you noticed, like your entire community is begging for this thing. Like if you created a workshop around this, you would sell out in 10 minutes, right? Mm. Um, so, so there's a lot of that. It's really... Yeah, it's really about being willing to listen and 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 to not force the you know so often like we have our own ideas. I want to create this and it's not at all what your audience wants or needs. Um and so like we can put all this time and energy into doing that yeah. and yeah. And then so, what? Yeah. Like, they'll ask them what they what they want and they'll tell you and they'll tell you even if you aren't asking them you'll see what they want if you know how to look for it if you know how yeah. to listen for it so so okay i'm gonna play a little devil's advocate here for those that maybe don't have a community right where they have a group of their people that they're actually helping in there that are willing to have that conversation one-on-one -on -one or within the group and you start seeing these trends of things they might need help with How do they go about finding out about these problems so they can, you know, create content around that um, or establish new conversations, new connections? Yeah, well, this is this is where we go back to building a successful business is about helping people. So um, and one of the things that I tell my own students is if you're unwilling to talk to people, you're not going to have a successful business. So you've got to be willing. So like, you know, it, it, when a lot of us start businesses where we, you know, we're shy and imposter syndrome and well, why would anybody want to listen to me? Don't think about it like that. Like think about you have a skill and you have something that you want to be offering, right? Mm -hmm. So you have some general idea of, well, I can help this kind of person do this. So get yourself on a call with this kind of person and say, I just, you know, this is going to help me. I, I want to give you 30 minutes to just ask me your most pressing questions. I would also like to have about 10 minutes of your time to ask you some questions. I'm going to record this. I'll give it to you afterwards. You're basically giving them free coaching. Um, and, and if you approach it from the point of I'm giving them free coaching, you, I promise that you're also getting massive value from it. It is worth giving your time. It's worth even compensating them with an Amazon gift card, uh, whatever, you know, if you can, when we ever get to the point where we can take people out for meals again, you know, like that kind of thing. But, um, because you will get so, so much out of it the first time. Okay. I, I sold my course writing for money before I wrote it. Um, because I'm smart yes. and so, <laughs> Love it. Um, so I had a webinar and I, you know, like described the course and I the course and I enrolled 13 women in it. Um, and then I had like two weeks to get the first week done. So what did I do with that two weeks? Everybody who enrolled in the course got a free pre-course coaching call where I asked them questions like, 
what do you most hope to learn in this course? Mm. <laughs> and they told me, and then I knew what to write in the course. So it was really awesome. Um, and then at the end of the course, I did another coaching call with everybody, um, you know, to help them move forward. And what did you most get up? What did you feel the course was missing? Like, so they were absolutely getting benefit. I answered any yeah. questions that they had, but I recorded all of that. And it was amazing. I mean, prior to building out the course, they told me exactly what they wanted it to cover. And then we ran the course and they were like, oh my God, this is exactly what I wanted to learn. I'm like, wow, that's crazy. Um, so, and, and I literally teach the same um, strategy when working with, I have a workshop called how to delight your clients. And what I tell my students, freelance writers is ask your client, what will delight you when I come back with it as the finished product and let them describe it to you and then just do it. And then when you bring it to them, they literally say, Oh my God, this is amazing. This is exactly what I wanted. And it's like, yeah, it you is. Told me about I it. Asked you, <laughs> yeah. you told me about it. So, yeah. So, uh, you know, we make this so much harder than it has to be. We make it so difficult and we spend so many angsty hours, you know, pacing and not sleeping and stress eating potato chips and all of those things. And we don't have to. If we would just listen to people, it would be so much easier. Wow. Abby, thank you. I mean, yeah, what you're saying is is pure gold, right? Like I, I'm going through my head and I and I've seen sparks of those scenarios that you've shared, you know, here and there, but they're not systematic, right? So I'm I'm that's why you see me looking down on taking copious notes because I'm like I need to implement this like as soon as possible. Especially we're about <laughs> to launch the content momentum, right? Uh, class, right? Soon, very soon. And there's a lot of stuff that we've seen from clients and the people in our community that they want to learn, but we're definitely going to be doing the pre-course co coaching call 100%. And yeah. if you're listening and you want to be a, a part of that, just let us know. Slide into those DMs. But thank you. I mean, like this has been incredible. Like I know oh, we could talk to you like for like three days straight. Um, totally. We should like, roll this out into the weekly huddle that, that we have with uh, with the, with the content and profit yeah. Facebook group. So what is a good action point for somebody? And I wrote something here, but uh, maybe you have a different idea. Uh, a good action point for somebody that's trying to gain that momentum, right? They're they're in that in that freelance content, uh, uh, you know, getting that momentum, freelance, starting to be a business owner, transitioning into into the content side of things, making it more consistent. What is something that that you would recommend for them to do? Yeah, um, well, I think that if you're trying to make that transition from freelancer to business owner, I think a great way to get started with that is to think about. Um, Think about what is a, a premium service that you can offer clients that they need every single month. So this gives you recurring revenue. Um, and when you focus on a premium service, and like for me, when I started only doing email sequences and sales pages, I was only doing those. So I got really good at them in a short amount of time and I was able to charge more for them. I was able to create a system for writing them and delivering them so I could block out my calendar. So now I can do things in a theoretical non-COVID world, like go on vacation and still get my work done on time. Um, and, and that's really cool. So I would say it's focus on creating a premium service and something that clients need every single month, every single week, whatever it is, um, so that you can set up the revenue contracts um, and build out systems and processes to make it easy and fun for you to deliver the work. 
Thank you. Mm. you thank you. Love it. And thank you because <laughs> we've we've mentioned this many times. Thank you so much. That's also how we started. This is that's how we finally nailed it. <laughs> that's how we jump from being freelancers to business owners. Yes. There us. you go. Uh, 100%. And, and if you're listening right now, you're in a position where you're like, hey, that might be very scary. Go ahead. Take take the leap. Like It's so worth it. It's so worth it. We've had so so many conversations with people that are building their own platforms as in shows or, or interview other people. And I'm like, what a better way to have those conversations and then transition into, hey, how can I serve you? This is my premium service. So, ah, so exciting. Thank you, Abby, for, for yeah. mentioning that. Ah. Uh, so good. I'm so excited. Yeah, no, I can tell. Yes. <laughs> yes, let's go. All right. Oh. <laughs> um, all right. Question. Favorite question of the show, Abby. Where will you be I'm if so you scared. where will you be <laughs> if you did not start publishing? You know, whatever that means to you. I guess for you will be writing and writing those emails. Yeah, I mean I would be sad. I would be I'm not sure if I would be here honestly. And that's really sad and scary. Um, I wouldn't be the same person. I'm going to cry. Um, I, I wouldn't be the same person. I wouldn't have the same. Um, I love my kids and I love my husband, but I was in such a bad place. And I don't know that I would have been able to get my, I'm really going to cry. Um, I don't know that I would have been able to get myself out of it on my own. I really don't. I, I think it, that it was so connected to to creating community in the sense of like putting my words and thoughts and ideas out in the world and, and getting responses from people really kept me going. I'm also not like a pretty girl when I cry. So, um, wow, that was deep. Thanks so much for that. You guys. Uh, no, thank <laughs> you so much for sharing. Thank you. Yes. I yeah. mean, yeah, we, we often say we ask this question for us, right. To, to keep us moving too. Cause Publishing for us changed everything. Same thing. Like it is a different kind of publishing. It is a show. It it is more visual, but at the same time, it's putting those thoughts into words and getting it out there through. Yeah. For us, it has been Facebook Live and the show and these interviews and any interaction that we have. For you, it takes the the shape of writing and look at the impact that it created for you and your family. And oh, we can't wait to go meet your your kiddos and you know. Share, share some time out there in Israel. Oh, I love it. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much, Javi. This was amazing. And and thank you for, you know, sharing this this answer the way you did. Because... Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. Oh, thank, thank you. you. Okay, Abby, where can people find you? Where can people connect with you? Where do we send them if they're interested in your world? Sure. Come on over to SuccessfulFreelanceMom.com. Um, and I am on Instagram as at Abby Parrots. And I've got a Facebook group called Successful Freelance Writing Moms. Um, you don't have to be a mom, but you do have to identify as a woman in order to join. Yes. Oh, sorry, Fonzie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I was about to go join the group. Ah, but it's okay. It's okay, Abby. Maybe we, we can convince Katie to, hey, we, to we, go on there. We, we can whatever. still be friends and collaborate in other ways. I'm definitely going to follow you on Instagram. And I'm gonna read go. what you what you post in there so I can learn from the master and I, and just move forward with their copywriting skills. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I mean, again, thank you. Wow, this was so fun. Uh, with that said, guys, pleasure. thank you so much for tuning into the Contents Profit Podcast. Go ahead and subscribe. Hit smash that subscribe button and follow us on social media at Beast Bros Co. That is right. And if you find this episode impactful, 
and you want to help somebody else move closer to their goal, please don't forget to and, and leave a five-star review. Thank you. Bye, guys.